Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Digital Campus today. We're so glad you joined us. It's gonna be an amazing day. But first, I wanna to talk to you about life groups. This is huge at our church. We believe in the value of it. We believe in doing life together and growing in the Lord together. And so we want you to be a part of groups. So just text this number right here, text life groups to this number. If you live in the state of Arkansas, listen, I'm right now in our Russellville campus, one of our 18 campuses. It's an amazing place to be, but you might be close to another campus in our state. Sign up, get a part of their groups. They have digital groups. They also have in-person groups you can be a part of, or you live out of state or out of the country, or maybe you live a little bit away from one of our campuses. You can be a part of a virtual life group as well. Just text the same thing, life groups to this number. Listen, today we're gonna to take our tithes and offerings now. You'll see three ways that you can give right here on the screen. If you're a part of a campus in our state, please make sure that you find that campus here on the link and give straight to there. Or you can give right here on our digital campus to what God's doing right here. Listen, Pastor Rick is on today. It's gonna to be an amazing word, challenging word for all of us, but let's just pray right now as we go into worship. Father, I just thank you so much for everybody who's on today. God, whether they're in their cars, their homes, Lord, or walking down the road, God, I pray that you would speak to us very clearly, Lord. God, as we worship you, that your presence would come and encourage those, God, today that need to be encouraged. God, give us direction, God. God, give us hope, uh, whatever we need today. So we love you. We thank you for what you're going to do in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hey, New Life Church. Also the digital campus and 18 campuses across the state of Arkansas. We love being here with you, speaking to you. A lot of our pastors are speaking live all the time, but sometimes we're on video and I love this series, whether we're with you or not, whether it's on a camera or not, I love the series because we're talking about walking with God. So a good question would be, how's your walk with the Lord doing? So that's how we pick these topics. I remember the first weekend, I talked about prayer and fasting. And through the weekends, we've talked about solitude. We've certainly covered simplicity. We even talked about community. And this weekend, it's a hard-hitting topic, but I think it's one of the most important disciplines that we're going to cover. And I'm going to talk to you about repentance. Like your heart toward God, how's it going? Are you walking with Him? Have you walked away? And then if you have walked away, can you turn back? Oh, yes, you can. I was reading in the book of Revelation, which is a difficult book to read when you're trying to go to sleep at night. And I was reading Revelation chapter 9. And man, I was convicted by it because they were going through trouble, big trouble. Uh, in fact, much more than you've ever seen in your life and maybe more than you've ever read unless you've read the book of Revelation. And the Bible says they were in so much agony that they were begging to die, but they couldn't die. And then it says, but yet they still did not repent. Well, I could talk to you about the doctrine of that and why that was probably happening, but... I see it right now in some ways as well, that people are going through a difficult time and some are still not turning back to God. Now, when I think of the word repent, it seems negative. My, my Sunday school teacher, a very legalistic lady, she would always say, repent, repent. And I thought it was a negative term. But what it means is no matter where you are, no matter how far you have ran away from God, repent means you can turn and face a holy God, but You've got to turn, and that's how you get back a relationship with the Lord, to walk with Him. And if you love Him, you're going to want to walk with Him. Uh, Michelle loves to walk, and, and I'll tell you, I love her. I like her, so I like walking with her to a degree. But she likes to walk too fast, and I'm always saying, slow down, baby. Smell the roses. Take a look around. But she likes to reach these goals that she has in mind. I don't even know what they are. Also, she loves to shop, and I'll try to keep up with her, and my legs hurt, and my feet will swell up, but I can golf 36 holes, no problem. Well, the reason why I try to walk with her a little bit is because I like her, and I know that you love God, but walking with God is going to depend on how much do you want it. Do you want to be with Him? So repentance is how you get back. It's like a reset. No matter where you have moved to, it's a reset to get back with him. Speaking of Michelle, uh, early today, we were talking about a sermon that she was listening to on a podcast from Tony Evans. And Tony Evans was talking about how difficult his 2020 had been. He had a lot of loved ones die, maybe not related to COVID, but they, they went to heaven uh, we also know that he went through the difficulty of pastoring last year and this year. It's been difficult on pastors, but he's a black pastor, which means he went through the racial tension, probably even more difficult for him. And so he was asked, like, how do you go through these tough times 
and make it. You still seem to have your joy. How are you getting this done? And he said, well, it's the fact that I believe that God is good and sovereign, not just sovereign. He said, I believe that God rules and he overrules, that nothing happens without passing through his hands. But in the premise of it all, the big idea of it all, I know that he is good. I think it's important what you know. You know, this is related to me in pastoring. I've been a pastor now for 32 years. And I remember when the Lord first called me, it just seemed like a strange call to me because I didn't feel like I should do it. I didn't feel worthy to be a pastor. To be completely honest with you, I still don't after all these years. So I was an intern with another man and they were gonna pick one of us to be the youth pastor. So I assumed it was gonna be the other guy. So I was just serving him, never thinking they would pick me. And then one day my pastor, Larry Stockstill, he called and he said, you're gonna be the youth pastor. And I remember thinking, man, I'm not a good choice. This is not a good idea. I even said that to him. So through the years, I haven't shifted from that 1%. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Even though I know I'm not a great pick, I'm 100% sure that he picked me. He's a good God, and you must know that he's picked you. And he loves having you around, and he doesn't want you to move away. So I think the way that you see God has a lot to do with your walk with God. Look at this verse in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and it says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love him. It's the people who just know that. So no matter what type of difficulty you're going through, you're not going to want to turn and walk with him if you don't know that he's good. It's like the two people that built the house, one built on sand and the other on the rock. Well, the storms came and hit both, but only one had a great crash because it wasn't built on the solid rock. And this is the same thing that I'm talking about now is that you're not going to want to build on him if you don't know how good he is. So I know how bad some of you are hurting. The reason why I'm choosing this sermon is because I know how bad some of you are hurting. Uh, I've seen teenagers this year suicidal and even one who committed suicide. It might even be more than that if you look at the calendar. I've seen divorce rate. I'm not trying to get negative, but I've seen the depression. I've seen families get hit, teenagers cutting themselves. I've seen the rioting on the streets. I've seen how aggressive people have become politically and yelling at one another. But I think I know where it's coming from. People are hurting. And is there a way for us to be healed away from walking with God? I'm convinced that there is no way. And in fact, I'm not even preaching this because I'm hurting. There are times that I am, but I'm thinking about the pain that you're going through. This last year, I hurt my knee and I went to a doctor and they asked me, what is the level of pain that you're in? And I thought about it and I said, well, I guess it's about a four. And what if they would have looked at me and said, no, we've looked at it, there's no way it's a four, it's a two. At best, there's no way it's a four. 
I would have walked away. I wouldn't want to be around somebody that didn't understand my pain. Well, this is exactly what the Lord did. Like he paid a huge price because he understands the pain, especially the pain of sin and all the mistakes and places that we end up. So I want you to think about the will of God. Before you can get this right, uh, we already know the premise, the big doctrinal idea that he's a good God. But the Lord doesn't have three wills. He only has one will, but there's three faces to his will. And the first one is his providential will. This is what he's doing on planet Earth, whether we believe it or not. Well, if you don't know he's a good God, then maybe you won't trust some of the things that are happening around the world. Like, is the Lord involved at all? He's a good God. He's working on something with or without you. But the other two places, it's related to us. Uh, the second one is his moral will. A lot of people over the last year, right here in our beautiful land, they have forgotten about the moral will of God. And then the third one is the personal will. Like, what does the Lord have planned for you? And repentance resets all of this. Like, no, no matter where you are and the way that you see what God is ultimately working on, uh, you can move back to Him if you've made huge mistakes, if you've sinned, if you've willfully ran away from Him. You can still walk with Him, but the reset is repentance. So that's why I'm going to talk about it today. If you're going through a difficult time, you must know that God wants something from it, and that is more of you. If you're going through a great season right now, you must know that He wants something for it, and that is to be closer to you. And here's, here's the interesting thing. I was studying about the different difficult seasons that we've had in America, whether it was the Depression. During the Depression, uh, people were hurting, but they were running to the church. Uh, if you think of something else, maybe World War II or the Gulf War or even 9-11, that's the most recent. Right after 9-11, people ran to the church and repented and called upon his name. But with the pandemic, there are a lot of people not running to the Lord at all. And now you can see that they regret it. And now you can see they don't know what to do about it. And so fret not, just pay attention. Like, are you walking with the Lord? Do you need to run back to Him? To me, people are more involved in politics than in prayer. More concerned about the White House than their own house or God's house. And I believe that we can change this. And I'm in a place right now as a pastor where I, I'm not screaming this sermon but it is loud inside of me because trials to me are an invitation to draw closer to God. But again, no matter if things are good or bad, the Lord wants us to draw closer to Him. And I think some people are under the false persuasion that if bad things are happening, God is not involved at all. So let's look at the word on that. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 3, it says, For a long time. Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach the word. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord and sought him, and he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about. Do you see any similarities? For all the inhabitants of the land were in great turmoil, 
because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. Like God was in on this. Why was he doing this? So he could get them back. In verse 15, it says, So they sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. So the Lord God gave them rest on every side. Every side. I was talking to a man who I greatly respect in our church uh, over the last 10 days or so. And I just called him to ask him how he was doing. I haven't seen him around, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been around. We have a digital campus. We have campuses all across the state. Uh, so I didn't know. I just checked on him. And he told me, he said, Rick, I'm, I'm just in a big trouble right now. He wasn't talking about sin. He had just gotten very carnal, almost um, lukewarm is the word he used. He said, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid to go back to church. I'm afraid of my family right now. And so I prayed over him every day up until today. I texted him today, and I said, I prayed for you every day since he told me that. And he said, man, thank you. I can sense things are coming back together. That's really where you start, just getting before the Lord. So we're talking about repentance. Now, we're not talking about secular repentance, apologizing, because in 2 Chronicles, or 2 Corinthians, I should say, chapter 7 and verse 10, it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So what does this mean? Uh, First of all, if there's ever any regret in your life, Um, You can do a few things with it. You can just try to cover it up. You can just try to deal with the consequences. But someone who really wants the Lord, it's like a godly sorrow, like a turning to the Lord. I've had to do that a lot over the last 12 months. And so today I'm giving you the master key to the reversal of walking away from God to get back with Him, to develop like a lifestyle of repentance. That's what we're talking about. Repentance is necessary because of the existence of sin. The biblical term for falling short of the divine standards is sin. It's not mistakes. It's not like my bad. My bad. No, it's it's sin. My bad is like pick up game of basketball and you pass the ball bad or you air ball. My bad. A lot of times with Michelle in our marriage, I just say things. I remember when we were first married, she came out with a dress, and she looked good in that dress. But she looked at me, and she said, does this dress make me look big? Well, of course I didn't say yes, but I hesitated. (laughs) And that hesitation was like, okay, my bad, my bad. There's so many times, one lady, every man has done this once, but no man has done this twice. One time I went up to a lady and I said, hey, when is your baby due? All right. And she was, man, she was about to explode. All right. It was time. And she looked at me and she said, I'm not pregnant. (laughs) And I just felt so bad. And then she said, just kidding. I'm due tomorrow. It was like I escaped the gates of hell. Have you ever made mistakes? Well, I'm not talking about mistakes like that. I'm talking about sin. I'm not talking about my bad. I'm talking about deep sin, like where the nature of God needs to be known. The nature of God must be understood. God is perfect, and He is without flaw. 
in all of his ways and in every situation, forward and backwards, he has never sinned. And here's the problem. People fall into sin and they want forgiveness, but they want to do it without repenting. Here's how it usually goes. I've been a pastor a long time, so this is how it goes. I miss the favor of God. I miss the presence of God. I want the Lord back. I loved it when I served God. I'll do anything to have him. But don't touch my sin. Like, leave my sin alone. I don't want to turn from that. I want to I serve God without repentance. And that's where we're talking about it. You can't have a walk with the Lord without it. But here's where we're all in the same playing field. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. How do we get this eternal life? By turning to God and in our relationship with the Lord, it's a continued like turning back, just turning back. That's what repentance is. Like wherever you are, you just turn back to the Lord. You can see it even in the book of Acts. There was a time in the book of Acts in chapter 2 and verse 37, when the people heard this, like it was right after Pentecost, uh, right after the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way and Peter was preaching. This brother couldn't even preach to a few people uh, just 50 days before. And now he's speaking to many people and they are repenting. The scripture says he told them to repent and be baptized, every one of you. And the Bible says that their heart was moved to repentance and he said, and the gift of the Holy Spirit will be upon you and your children and your children's children and for the generations to come that are going to call upon the Lord. He was talking about the Holy Spirit is for us. And sometimes people don't even believe that anymore. I think when we repent, he loves to bestow upon all of us everything that he has available. And in verse 40, it says, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And as a pastor, that's what I sense right now, is that some of us, we're like right in the middle of Babylon, right in the middle of the world, and, and some of us, we've walked in so many directions that just felt like it was a good decision, and at some point we realized, wow, I walked away from the Lord. We have forgotten how good it is to be with Him. It's like a heart condition. In, in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it, from your heart. Okay. Last year, before the pandemic, uh, I went and had a physical done. Uh, there's a place in Dallas that uh, gives founding pastors a major discount. And so every two, three, four years, I go over there. Well, this time... When I was with him, he goes, Rick, since you were here last time, your cholesterol's moved up a little bit. He was talking about LDL. He was talking about HDL. And uh, this is a low density uh, and then a high density cholesterol. One is good. One is bad. And he just told me, he goes, you're not in a danger zone, but you need to pay attention to this. He goes, I like you. You're a pastor. And I don't want you out there jogging. And then all of a sudden you just faint, fall down with a heart attack and it's over. And he just started telling me all the ways that I needed to eat and all that. And I said, listen, you are wrong. I know you're highly educated and I know you're smart, but you're dead wrong here. Uh, because let me be clear, I don't jog. <laughs> so we're good, all right? Well, this is the way that we kind of negotiate with the Lord. Like the Lord is saying, hey, something's wrong with your heart. 
The truth is, it never starts with the heart. It always starts with the habits. And that's why I'm talking about repentance. Uh, I've had people tell me through the years, Pastor, that sermon, it pegged me. Here's a word that I hear sometimes. That sermon wrecked me. I had a lady in the foyer one time. She rebuked me. She goes, I know you've been talking to my husband, and he told you what to preach on. I didn't even know who this lady was. And she just didn't believe. I said, ma'am, I haven't been talking to your husband. I don't even know who your husband is. She goes, that's just not true. Even the sermon was on grace, so I don't know what she was so upset about. But the point is, sometimes we're wrecked, but we don't change. It's like the rich young ruler. He ran up to the Lord with enthusiasm. And he started saying, you're amazing. He was basically worshiping the Lord. You're amazing. You're the best. And Jesus, he just got right into the gut of the man's heart. And he goes, look, why do you call me that? And he said, you got to obey my commandments. And this man lied. He said, I've obeyed all your commandments since I was a kid. He was just really trying to impress the Lord. And so the Lord just went right to a place of repentance. And he said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, to go and do this one thing, like repent from this one thing. And the scripture says that the rich young ruler said, that's too much for me. And the Bible says that he walked away and refused to do it, like no longer walking with the Lord, but walked away. We don't know this man's name. We don't know where he got his money. We don't know anything about him except one thing, that he walked away depressed. If he would have said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you, he might be a household name. You can see that he was convicted, but he did not repent. You can also see Pilate and his wife. The Holy Spirit was messing with this couple in a huge way. She even sent a message, don't kill him. And Pilate decided to do it anyway to sentence him to death and uh, to keep the process going, to say the least. And afterwards, he went and washed his hands because he felt so condemned. Paul was preaching and King Agrippa was getting convicted. The Bible says he was being moved by the Holy Spirit, but then he got stiff-armed and he said no, but he went to Paul afterwards and he said, what you were saying almost persuaded me, but I held back. This is what happens when we say, no, I don't want to repent. So in order for me to teach you what repentance is, I just want to tell you for a second what repentance is not. Number one, repentance is not penance. Penance is a voluntary suffering of punishment for sin. This is what Jesus did for you. I think sometimes people would prefer penance over repentance. Like if I told you, walk a hundred miles, but on your knees, and then come back on your knees, and then you're right with God. I think if we found that verse, we'd probably prefer it because it just seems like we made a move. But Jesus did the penance. We repent of our sin, and then we're right back with him. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 says, as the Spirit of the Lord works with us, we become more and more like him as we turn to him. So here's a question about this. Are any of you planning on getting married anytime soon? Anybody out there? I don't mean like you just have this idea by yourself. I mean, like another human is in on it right now. Okay? If you're going to get married, then you've got to settle a few things. First of all, uh, how many kids do you both want to have? How are you going to raise those kids? 
What are you going to do with your finances? Uh, I'll tell you something else that's interesting that's not a big idea, but it's important. How many pillows are going to be on your bed? <laughs> My wife loves pillows. I don't know what's going on. I would have never believed. Like, there's pillows, and I can't touch them. You can't sleep on them. You can, you gotta, it takes a long time to get them off the bed. And if I ever try to cuddle up to one of those pillows, I'm in big trouble. But I'm going to tell you, when Michelle's out of town, I jump right on top of those pillows because I'm the man in my house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's other things, too. Like, there's always like this. We have a towel in our house. It's, it's a, for decorations. It's not, you're not supposed to dry off with it. We even had a comforter when we first got married. Like, you got to figure out these things. Like, what do they want? What about God? What does he want? He wants to be close to you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And uh, you have to learn in relationship. When I first got married, I would leave my underwear on the floor in the bathroom. One time, Michelle called me and she goes, Rick, are these your underwear? I said, they better be. I'll tell you that right now. You have to learn in relationship. Repentance puts you in a place where you can learn again from God. And number two, repentance is not remorse. You can be remorseful in your sin. But just because you're remorseful doesn't mean that you've repented. Judas was heavy in remorse, but he didn't repent. And the heaviness, it led to some really bad decisions. And that's why I like repentance so much, because it's not remorse. It's not just uh, living in a place with no hope. And then number three, repentance is not condemnation. No way. My son, Tanner, when he was around six years of age or so, I took him to a play that was going around the churches all around America, and it was called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. And, uh, man, it would scare people so much uh, because it was basically about the rapture, that when you die, you're going to face Satan or, or Jesus. You're going you're gonna to end up in hell or in heaven. And, um, and man, Satan was in on it, and uh, it, was, it was cheesy, but the point was clear. And then when we got outside to the car, uh, Tanner wouldn't get in the car. And because one of the scenes was a car accident, and he wouldn't get in. I said, well, why won't you get in the car, son? He goes, Dad, I don't want, I don't want to see Satan. And he goes, I want to give my heart to the Lord right now. So I prayed with him, and it was cute. But... It was really, it was really just condemnation. He, it, it really wasn't a heart after God. He was just like, he just wanted fire insurance. <laughs> I think condemnation gives people the wrong perspective on what God is really all about. I'm not into someone who condemns me, and I'm thankful that the Lord doesn't do it that way either. Speaking of condemnation, one time I was at P.F. Chang, God's place. Have you ever eaten there? You should go there immediately. In fact, I think the one in Little Rock closed down. What happened there? I told you we need to repent. Something's wrong, man. But when I was eating there one time, I didn't know if I wanted the beef or chicken. And so I asked the waitress, which one should I get? And she just lit into me. She goes, I wouldn't know. I love animals. I can't believe you're going to eat beef or chicken. You should love animals. I said, do you love cats too? You know, it just didn't go that well. Let's just leave it at that. 
but it didn't really make me want to be a vegetarian much because when someone condemns you, it's just not motivational. So with that in mind, in John chapter 3 and verse 16, we know this is where he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But look what he said after that. We don't continue to read. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. That's great news. Well, then what did he do? But to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. The reason why the churches who are yelling and screaming at people and try to condemn people, they don't see many salvations because the people in the world are already standing condemned. They need hope. So I know that a lot of you are going through difficult times in this sermon on repentances certainly about hope. So what is sincere repentance? Number one, true repentance, it starts with the Holy Spirit. I was driving in a car when I had teenagers and uh, my teenagers were in the car and they said, Dad, listen to the song. And, uh, and I listened to the song and man, what a cool beat it had. It sounded great, but I, I was listening to the lyrics and it was nothing like the standards that we would have in my home. And I couldn't believe that my kids are like into this. So I turned it off and I said, why do you guys like this song? Did you hear the lyrics? And they said, dad, we just like the sound. We're not listening to the words. You know what? I think that's what happens with us in the Holy Spirit. We just want him around. We love having him around us, the sound of the things of God. It's just so amazing, but we've stopped listening to his words. And the thing is, is the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman, and you can't just repent when you want to. You can only repent when the Holy Spirit convicts you. And he's great at that. And so when you get convicted, listen to that. I had a man one time, he told me, he goes, he goes, he called me crying. He goes, Rick, I'm in big trouble. I fell into adultery. And I walked through that with him. And he repented, but he continued. And it wasn't long after that. I don't, I don't remember the timeline, but I'm guessing three months. I saw him again. And at that point, he said to me, he goes, yes, I'm still doing it, but I don't see anything wrong with it. It was like he was... Like he, he didn't honor the Holy Spirit's conviction. And I often wonder if that's what the Scripture's talking about. Like, be careful. You could be turned over to a reprobate mind. Now, again, I'm not condemning anyone, but I just know that when the Holy Spirit convicts us that it's a great day, not a horrible day. I love it when he shows me what I've been doing wrong. And then number two, true repentance is doing it's not just hearing. James chapter 1, 22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Like if all you do is hear and then never do, then deception has to be wrapped in that. 
Peter, he repented and he became the rock of the church. David repented and he got back his salvation and even his joy. Jonah repented and a whole city uh, repented to God. Jacob, he repented and he never walked the same again. Paul repented and God used him to reach the pagan culture that was all around him. And then number three, true repentance, it brings new life. So when I think about our nation and what I would like to see the church do and new life, I keep thinking about this verse for our land, Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Now, I remember several years ago, uh, we called the church to prayer at 7.14. 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. And where do we come up with 7.14? from 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. And I'm just going to bring it to you now. It says, If my people, talking about repentance, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. This is the turn. And then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So this is the reason why I'm speaking about this. This week when I was talking to our pastors, I was in a room and and uh, started talking to them about this topic. And before I knew it, I was like uh, emotional. And I don't do that much. So a few of them thought something was wrong with me, like I was losing my mind. They texted me after, like, you sure you okay? And, uh, but I get it. It was, it was weird. But I think what's going on is I just have a heaviness in my heart that we're, we're going after the things of God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. And I think it's an easy time to slip right now. So I'm going to close this out in a unique way, whether you're at a campus or in your living room. I just want to ask for, for everybody to consider this. Like, I think sometimes we just need to bow before the Lord. It's one of the seven words of Hebrew on praise. And so some of you, maybe your knees keep you from being able to bow down. It might be impossible for you to do that. If you're seated, you can just remain seated. But if it is possible, right there where you are in your church building, or with that phone in your hand, or whatever it is that you might be doing to hear this sermon. And I just want to ask you now, or you can do it later, but if everybody would just get on their knees, if you can, all around that room. And I just want to lead us in a prayer. And I did this earlier today, and I did it a week ago. And I'm just hungry for the Lord, for, for me, and for you. All the pastors are like this. I'm not even... I'm not even out front of them. I think they all want people to serve the Lord. And so just keep your eyes closed and I'm gonna lead us in prayer. Lord, we don't wanna be as those who harden our hearts. We wanna be someone who builds our life on your name. And we're sorry, Lord, that we walked away whether it's in our convictions or what we watch on TV or what we read or how we post and yell and how we 
judge and how we fight for whatever it is that's not you. And we repent of that. And we ask that you forgive us. We're so sorry, Lord, for any days away from you. We miss you. Like Paul said, to keep in step with you. That's really where we want to be, not out of sync. So Lord, would you move back into our homes? Can we just say, it's for me and my home, we're gonna serve you? We mean that, Lord, this is what we want. This is what we wanna be. You are what we want. We wanna walk with you. So we walk back toward your name. And we're sorry, Lord, if we spend a day away from you, a month, a year, or even decades. We, whatever the timeline is, we, we know that you long to be with us. And we know that you are a good God. And we know that our life is stronger and better with more peace when we walk with you. So we repent of our sin and call upon your holy name. We don't deserve you but we're thankful for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll tell you right now, I'm never gonna be ashamed to be a part of a church that admits when they've gotten off track. And thank you for listening today. God bless. Thanks, Pastor Rick, for that encouraging message today. I know it challenged all of us for sure. Well, listen, I'm standing here in Russellville, Arkansas. As I said earlier, I got Pastor Caleb Pagley, him and his dad, Mark. They're the pastors here at this amazing church. And I've asked him to come on today just to pray for another church right here in our city. And then also pray a prayer of blessing over you because we love praying for other churches, yeah, don't we, man? Absolutely. It's, it's one of our values that we do, but tell the people what's up, man. Well, my name is Caleb, like you said, and I'm just part of the, the team here at the Russellville campus. And I'm so thankful that you guys came out and visited us and are hanging out yeah, with man. us today. And I just want to take this time to say that those personal devos and that text message, it's been so important for me personally when it comes to my relationship with God, from the life of Christ to prayer and fasting and now walking yeah, with good. God. I got to tell you, just not just me personally, but also there's so many stories around our campus that God has done a lot of impactful things to those it, divas. So thank you so much for that. Oh, and yeah, you know, the heart and soul of our church is to pray for other churches. It's one of my favorite things that we do each and every Sunday. And so uh, today we're gonna pray for St. John's Catholic School and Church and their Reverend Jack Sidler, and also pray a prayer of blessing over you guys That's as well. It, Father, we thank you so much just for this opportunity to be here today. And Father, I first of all wanna pray for everybody who's watching, just a prayer of blessing. God, we know that we're going through difficult times, but we also know that you're a good God. So Father, I pray that as they watch today, people got a glimpse of hope, a word of encouragement, or something special that they specifically needed in their life from you. Father, we pray that you're gonna to continue to bless, honor, and protect all of us who call ourselves disciples of Christ. Father, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to be in the city of Russellville and to have a campus here. And God, we just wanna first of all thank you for all the things that you've done in and throughout this campus. God, you have been a good God. You've taken good care of us. And Father, we're thankful that we get to partner with so many incredible churches, specifically St. John's Catholic Church and School. Father, it's incredible the impact they've made throughout the years in this community. And we wanna lift up, first of all, their Reverend Jack Sidler and his family, that you're continuing to protect them, that you're continuing to keep them healthy and safe throughout this time, that you're providing them wisdom, guidance, and clarity to keep their congregation safe and also growing in their relationship with God. Father, help us to continue to pray, support, and encourage them in any way that we can moving forward. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, man, so glad to hang out with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Man, I love this campus. I love this church. Listen, if you want to be a part of our daily devos, just text this number right now underneath here. Uh, Pastor Caleb's actually got a Devo this week. You can check him out. If it's bad, text his office. <laughs> yeah. Let him know that it was not a good Devo. No, I'm just playing. It's going to be amazing. And also be a part of our life groups, all right? You'll see how to do that here as well. Listen, we have one more song of worship. Enjoy that, and we can't wait to see you back here next week at 8 a.m. God bless.
that you live. 